Behind the Knife, the surgery podcast, where we take a behind-the-scenes intimate look at surgery from leaders in the field. So welcome to another episode of Behind the Knife. Uh, Very, very pleased to have come full circle on today's episode. And as a background to this, historically, when people presented with appendicitis, it was pretty straightforward. They would be able to come in and see a surgeon and get their appendix out. But we're very pleased here to talk about a a very interesting trial called the Comparison of the Outcomes of Antibiotic Drugs in Appendectomy, or the CODA trial. For all the listeners who have been out there before, what you had heard is a prelim to this trial, and now we're very pleased to welcome three members of that group uh, from the University of Washington, um, the senior investigator, Dr. David Flum. David, welcome back to Behind the Knife. Dr. Jenna Davidson was also a key component of this particular one. Dr. Davidson, welcome to Behind the Knife. And uh, Dr. Sarah Mozell, Sarah was a biostatistician who has a world's expert on this. And Sarah, congratulations on the work you've done and welcome Behind the Knife. So, uh, David, uh, welcome back. You're a, you're a multi-repeat uh, person here on BTK and we're absolutely had to have. So set the stage for us. Give us a little bit of background. Tell us about the trial for those who didn't hear the initial one and, uh, and take it from there. Well, thanks, Scott. It's great to be back. We love this format and we think it's a great way to really dig in deep on topics that are meaty, be it somebody's career and their particular arc of, a, of, of becoming a surgeon, or some of the meatier subjects uh, that our surgeons are, are, are taking on, like the appropriateness of surgical procedures or when we should be doing surgical care. So we're excited to be back to talk about the CODA trial. When we were here about five years ago, I think we were explaining a little bit of the rationale. I'll maybe I can get back into that so we can catch everybody up. But we're super excited. Dr. Davidson's going to be presenting the early results of the CODA trial at the upcoming American College of Surgeons meeting on October 5th. And we're really excited to get those results out there. So um, why don't I take just a minute or two and sort of lay, lay, lay the foundation. So, you know, since uh, 1900, really, the management of appendicitis has been uh, well accepted to be appendectomy. Interestingly enough, uh, as soon as antibiotics came on the scene in the 1940s, surgeons started experimenting with the use of antibiotics. In 1956, there was a publication of over 500 uh, patients uh, treated by Eric Coldry in England with antibiotics, and he reported great results, actually. It never really took off in the mainstream for any number of reasons and kind of went underground, literally. The, its biggest use was probably in submariners who couldn't uh, come up for care because of the Cold War or other reasons where there wasn't a surgeon readily available. The last 20 years, there have been six randomized trials that were performed in Europe. It all showed that you could treat appendicitis with antibiotics and they had good results. But as recently as almost last year, there's been almost minimal impact of that in the United States. So less than 5% of all cases of appendicitis in the United States have been uh, treated with antibiotics. And we think that's for a bunch of reasons, uh, not the least of which is that these six trials, though they were foundational, they really did pick which sorts of patients they were going to work on and which they were gonna, who they were going to offer antibiotics to. CODA, which was funded by the Patient-Centered Outcomes Research Institute, uh, started about five years ago saying, what if we took all comers, just the typical patients who surgeons see in the emergency room, and offered them antibiotics? What would that look like? And uh, as a pragmatic trial, sort of in typical hospitals with typical patients with typical procedures, we wanted to see 
how would antibiotics fare against apodectomy? And we're excited to get the early results out in just a couple of weeks. Before we started talking about the findings, Dr. Flum, tell, tell me about what kind of team and what kind of infrastructure it took to do this incredibly large trial. I mean, we're talking 1,500 participants over 25 sites. How did you guys accomplish well, I'm that? I'm glad you asked about that. I mean, to do a, one of these mega trials, you really need a, a, a broad collaborative. The, the trial itself has two uh, principal investigators, myself and Dr. David Tallon, who's an emergency medicine physician down at UCLA. Um, Dr. Talon and I uh, decided to bring these two fields together for this study uh, because, you know, ER docs are the point of care for appendicitis and surgeons, you know, the handoff between ER docs and surgeons is critical. Uh, together, uh, we have now have 25 centers that were really led by Dr. Davidson here, 25 centers across 14 states with a very tight collaboration to a set of advisors that are patient level advisors, national advisors, the ACS itself, and a great data coordinating center represented today by Sarah Monsell. That collaboration of uh, emergency medicine and surgery, of advisors at the patient, surgeon, and uh, sort of national professional society level really made this a, a the kind of trial that I think is going to be very salient for surgeons and patients alike. Uh, it's, it's asking questions from a patient's perspective about outcomes that patients really care about and is framing the results in a way that patients and their docs can wrestle with in the emergency room uh, when, they're, when they're dealing with appendicitis. So it's a good question. We'll get more into the collaboration as we uh, bring in the data coordinating center's perspective on things, but this is a unique collaboration and we're, and we're trying to build on it for other trials of diverticulitis and biliary disease. And we think it's gonna be a very robust collaborative for those as well. Great. The uh, I guess we'll just dive right into the meat of it, though. I think everybody on this podcast is wants to know: Can we treat appendicitis with antibiotics? Uh, so maybe Gianna or Dave, can you walk us through the results of the main findings of this trial? So our primary outcome from this finding was a general health measure at 30 days, and we were looking to see if patients in the surgical group and patients in the antibiotic group were substantially different between the two of them based on this EQ5D, which is a general health measure. And what we found is that antibiotics were no worse than surgery in terms of this EQ5D at 30 days is our primary outcome. Can you tell us about the EQ5D? Yeah, it's a uh, general health um, survey that has been used um, in a number of different studies to look at um, a number of measures around people's healthcare, including their GI quality of life. Um, and in this one in particular, it had been used many years ago in appendicitis. Um, and so we were looking for a five or no less than a 5% difference between those two. Um, and, and that's what we were able to find. We um, looked at a number of other important secondary aims um, that were you know, important to surgeons, um, as well as the eventual rate of appendectomy. We looked at a number of exploratory rames as when um, looking at things like when self-reported fever, rate lower quad, uh, quadrant tenderness or pain resolved, um, which were all important findings as well. So one of the things that comes up and maybe we can bring in uh, Sarah into this discussion is the concept of non-inferiority. That, that gets confusing as people start to read these trials and we have a lot of trainees that listen to Behind the Knife and so Sir, can you talk a little bit about that? Just maybe a little brief overview of non-inferiority, how you design it, then how do we interpret the results of a study like CODA uh, in light of uh, using that uh, type of a methodology? 
Sure. So often in clinical research, we do what are called superiority trials, where we have a new investigational drug or technique that we want to compare to a placebo. And in that case, we want to say one thing is better than another. In this case, appendectomy is the standard of care and it's a well-established procedure. So it's really the burden of proof is on antibiotics to show that it is um, no worse than appendectomy, as Gianna said. So a non-inferiority trial looks at just can we say that one treatment is no worse than the other? A similar trial design um, would say, are they equivalent, right? So this is an equivalent trial says, are they no worse than and are they no better than? So we're really just testing within a margin. It, are antibiotics no worse than surgery? They can be a little bit worse in terms of mean difference, but the confidence interval for that difference has to be above the set minimally clinical difference. Maybe I can hop in for a sec because we really struggle with how to pick an outcome for this trial, to be honest with you. And if you ask um, five surgeons, that they'll pick six different outcomes of, that they wanted to study. Study complications, study time to resolution of symptoms. As, as Gianna mentioned, the European studies were really focused on the rate of appendectomy. And how can you compare rates of appendectomy if in one arm everybody gets an appendectomy? So we picked a measure that everybody in health services research is going to be familiar with, but not a lot of surgeons are going to be familiar with it. The CQ5D is basically asking the question, what's your overall health status look like? And to patients you know, who want to know, am I going to get better? That's actually not a crazy outcome to look at. Surgeons are not that used to it, but we were able to look at all the other outcomes that clinicians would typically be focused on. Nisquip complications, rates of appendectomy, time out of work, time in the hospital, all the things that clinicians and patients are gonna ask, but we needed one measure that was gonna be equally available to both arms of the trial, and that's how we got the EQ5D. I kind of summarize it like this. Appendicitis has been managed with appendectomy forever. It's, it, the burden is on antibiotics, so to speak, to prove that it's as good as appendectomy. Non-inferiority is the way we test. Are things about as good? And you know, statisticians don't like that language because it's not exactly what's going on there. But it, for residents and trainees and folks who just are not that familiar with this term non-inferiority, we're kind of testing, is our antibiotics as good as appendectomy for at least this one measure. And uh, that's why it ended up resonating with us when we were planning the trial. And it, it ended up being actually quite, um, uh, quite prescient because in the end, it wrapped up a lot of different domains, pain, function, anxiety, stuff that patients really care about. And in the end of the day, as Dr. Davidson has said, we showed that antibiotics, at least for this measure, were as good as appendectomy at, at 30 days. Well, you did mention um, talking about the failures on the antibiotic side. Uh, can you go through and maybe summarize, you know, the things that came out of that work? Yeah, I think by failures, you mean for people that were randomized to antibiotics that eventually had an appendectomy. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, absolutely. So we looked at that up to 90 days, which is when we're releasing the data for this outcome. And we looked at it at three separate time points. One was at 48 hours, one was at 30 days, and one was at 90 days. Um, I do think it's important to say, we don't really know what failure means. What we know is that these were people that were randomized to the antibiotic arm that ended up getting an appendectomy. 
So at 48 hours, we found that overall, it was 11% of those patients that were randomized, um, the 776 that were randomized to antibiotics. But that was different in two different subpopulations that were important. One was those with an appendicolith and those without an appendicolith. And if the, appendic the appendicolith group, it was 22%. Those without an appendicolith was 8%. We looked at our 30-day outcomes, and overall it was 20%. Those with the appendicolith, again, was significantly, or much higher. Uh, I'll say that it's 31% as opposed to no appendicolith was 16%. And then at 90 days or the three-month time period, overall was 29%. Those with an appendicolith was 41%, and those without an appendicolith was 25%. I was just gonna give that a little context. You know, um, Most of the other European trials that I mentioned earlier, they didn't look at 90-day outcomes as a principle. They, they all brought it out to a year. And, and frankly, we were going to do that too. Um, the last patient uh, for, uh, to randomize in the CODA trial randomized in early February. Well, we all know what happened in, you know, in February and March. A pandemic struck. And by March 20th, I think the College of Surgeons put out a bulletin. Maybe you all remember it saying that surgeons should really start thinking about antibiotics for appendicitis, that there are these six European trials that, that suggest that it uh, can work. And we were sitting on this treasure trove of data that we thought, hmm, you know, we don't have year-long data on everybody because the last person just randomized. But in about six weeks, we're going to have 90-day data on everybody. And 90 days is about that early time window when we think that the acute management can be described. And so folks like Sarah Monsell uh, here scrambled to put together the 90-day results and tell the story that uh, Dr. Davidson just said. And I think the take-home message that three, about three out of 10 people in the antibiotics arm end up with an appendectomy by 90 days. It's about four out of 10 if you have an appendicolith. That's gonna be an important take-home message for surgeons. Uh, but I'll highlight it. it, it may not be the same message to surgeons as it is to patients. So John, you use the word failure. And I think when Jana and I thought about this trial originally, that's what we thought too. How often do the antibiotics fail? But you know, I think a lot of these patients who end up getting an appendectomy, I don't know that they think it's a failure for them. First of all, we heard from a lot of patient advisors that you know, three out of 10 getting an appendectomy means seven out of 10 avoided an appendectomy. That's a huge win if, if avoiding an appendectomy is important to you. And for lots of reasons, for lots of patients, there was a lot of interest in avoiding appendectomy, either because the co-pays were too high or now is a bad time to be going out of work or uh, they had caregiver issues that needed to be dealt with. So, you know, failure is a funny term. For some people, they, their appendicitis got better and maybe they decided they were about to travel out abroad and they wanted to get their appendix out. We, don't, we haven't really broken it down about why people got their appendectomies after, uh, after 48 hours, of course, that'll come later. But um, I think as surgeons look at this trial, that three in 10 number is gonna be the one that sticks out. And it's much higher, I wanna be clear, much higher than the European trials. Because when we asked the European trialists about what their 90 day rate was, they went back to their data. And the biggest trial is the APAC trial, which came out of Finland. And they actually had a 16% rate of appendectomy in 90 days. That's about half of what we found in CODA. And we've been exploring why we had almost double the rate of appendectomy. Uh, I think the reason is that we included patients with typical patterns of and severity of appendicitis in the CODA trial. Uh, and I think that that's a real contribution here, but it also will look like we have a higher rate of appendectomy than the European trials. And that's also a take home point for the uh, surgeons and patients who are gonna be looking at the CODA results. 
Yeah, I I love how well timed I think your results are in this, you know, current crazy pandemic era that that we live in. Given the results that you found, um, Dr. Flum, Dr. Davidson, how, how, how do you think this changes the way you practice or the way you talk to a patient who comes through the emergency room? I mean, for example, I noticed that I think the time in the hospital between the two arms were pretty similar, actually, between having to receive 24 hours of IV antibiotics versus um, undergoing appendectomy. Um, I wonder, I wonder how, how you think it'll affect your personal practices. Yeah, I think one of the, the questions that patients would ask us in the emergency department when they asked about options for treatment other than surgery, like, could I just have antibiotics, were really framed around what else was going on in their life. Like, do I need to get back to work right away? Do I have to take care of other people in my family, either my parents or my children? Um, you know, which one is gonna force me to be in the hospital longer, those types of things. And I think we have so much more information um, to be able to give patients to help them make informed decisions about what works for them at that, at that time. So we absolutely know more about, you know, potentially, you know, rates of needing ultimately an appendectomy in people that had uh, antibiotics first. We also know that the subpopulation of appendicolith is an important one. Um, but I also think the, the really patient-centered questions and, and understanding the experience of the participants in the CODA trial is really critical for being able to help um, counsel people about what their treatment decisions could be. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Gianna and I both see patients uh, with appendicitis in the emergency room whenever we're on call. And I think this is just going to help inform that conversation. I think the one take-home message about CODA is that, you know, one size doesn't fit all. I mean, I think that we've thought for the last 120 years that if it's appendicitis, we have an appendectomy for you, with very unusual exceptions of people with severe phlegmon. I think now, um, even though the results of the CODA trial show a higher rate of appendectomy in the antibiotic arm than the European trials, I think now we actually have the kind of information in the kind of population we typically treat that's gonna allow us to have a much better conversation. And, and, and this is what we heard from our patient advisors, that based on my circumstances and my preferences and what's going on in my life right now, and that might include some COVID issues, um, antibiotics may be right for me. It's probably not right for all, but it may be right for many. And I think that's a huge take home message. Um, there's one, one last bit, and I, this is where I love Sarah's perspective on it too. You know, we included uh, a ton of secondary outcomes. And it, in a trial like this with 1,552 randomized patients, you know, when you have secondary outcomes, a lot of secondary outcomes, some of those can pop up as being significant or appearing to be significant or signal uh, when it may be noise. I wonder maybe if we could just take a second to have uh, Sarah give some framing around uh, these secondary outcomes and, and the multiple secondary outcomes we included and how we talk about uh, whether or not, uh, for example, the time in hospital is, is meaningfully different or not, or recurrent hospitalizations or ED visits. Sarah, can you comment on that? Sure. Um, so our trial was powered to look at non-inferiority within the overall population of 1,552 patients, but also in the appendicolith subgroup. The trial was not powered to look at multiple outcomes. Normally a trial would have one primary outcome and you would have a p-value. You would do a test to obtain that p-value. And you set a threshold, the alpha level, usually at 0 0.05. And you declare that you have, um, you reject your null hypothesis uh, if your p-value is less than 0.05. Well, that 0.05 is the probability of 
falsely claiming, of falsely rejecting your hypothesis, right? It's a, your false uh, positive rate. So if you do 100 tests and you set your threshold at 0.05, we would expect to have five false positives. So when you do a lot of testing, you really need to keep in mind that false positive rate. So what we've done, instead of throwing out a bunch of p-values that could be misinterpreted outside of the context of the whole trial, we've tried to provide the means or rates for our population with a confidence interval to give clinicians an idea of how firm we are with that rate and how much flexibility there is there, um, but also some, some context about how some of these outcomes lean towards antibiotics, favoring them, others lean towards surgery. Um, so they all need to be interpreted in the same context of the same trial design. That's super helpful. That's gonna be an issue for a lot of surgeons. I'm just gonna put it out there. Uh, people are gonna see an outcome that they like or don't like and, see, and, and say, see, that's why I don't recommend antibiotics or I do recommend antibiotics. I just wanted to highlight that the language we're using is that there's some signal and there's some important signal. The first one is that the complications are higher uh, in the antibiotic arm, almost entirely attributed to the appendicolith group, but we are seeing some signal about complications, NISQIP defined complications in the, in the antibiotic group. We're also seeing some signal around more time uh, uh, with secondary hospitalizations and ED visits in the antibiotic group. You know, as well, we're seeing uh, signals that there's less time um, away from work um, in the antibiotic group, probably because, you know, typically surgeons say take a week off of work after we operate on people. Uh, it turns out if you get antibiotics, we don't say that and people go back to work quicker. So as we kind of wrap up things here, uh, maybe two questions. First of all, what surprised you about the outcomes that you weren't really prepared for going in? And then second, and finally, where do you go to here? Where does this code come from here? You talked about some potential interesting collaborations. What's next? I was surprised about the appendicular thing. I'll be honest with you. We included it as an a priori subgroup because there was some evidence that it's associated with complications, uh, like complicated appendicitis, like perforation. But it's never been included in the prior trials, so we don't. We didn't really know if if antibiotics uh, work as well with somebody who had an appendicular or not. Um, in fact, I used to tell people about one out of four people has an appendicular on a CAT scan. When, they, when, when you do appendicitis, uh, and, and about one in four have an appendicular when you do an autopsy for no appendicitis-related reason. I thought it was an innocent bystander. It turns out it's not. It looks different. It, the complications are higher if you give antibiotics to someone who has an appendicular. The rate of appendectomy looks higher, four out of 10 instead of, instead of 25% versus 41%. That, that, that looks significant enough to me that I could say it's, it is different. I was surprised by that. And that's why you do the study, actually. There's one more surprise about the trial. Um, about seven years ago, the, our co-PI, Dr. David Tallon, ran a pilot trial at UC All of You, where he randomized uh, 30 people to antibiotics or surgery. Um, these patients who got antibiotics received it as an outpatient. They got a long-acting dose of antibiotics in the emergency room, and then he brought them back to the emergency room the next day. Well, that idea of treating a patient as an outpatient and not admitting to them to a hospital at the time for us when we were starting CODA seemed kind of crazy. But when we read his results and they were good results, it seemed safe. Uh, we started incorporating that at the UW Medical Center where Dr. Davidson and I work. And before long, all the sites on some level had started using this outpatient antibiotics approach. 
And to my very significant surprise, by the end of the trial, about half of the patients in CODA, 47%, received their antibiotics totally in the emergency room. They weren't hospitalized for index. And I think that may be a pretty significant game changer for patients because instead of comparing surgery that keeps you in the hospital for a day versus antibiotics that keeps you in the hospital for a day, now you're talking about essentially being treated as an outpatient, not unlike what we do for diverticulitis uh, right now in the emergency room uh, versus apodectomy. And, you know, as, as you noted, uh, the time in hospital actually was the same in both groups in part because if you were admitted, you stayed longer. But 47% leaving the emergency room, that was a big surprise for me. Yeah, I think, you know, we have had a really phenomenal um, past five years of getting to work with 25 different hospitals across the U.S. Um, the patient populations, their practices were different. And I think really getting to bring people together to ask questions that sort of impacted all of us on a day-to-day -day was such a phenomenal opportunity. I think none of us want it to be sort of a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And there's a you know, ton of really great questions uh, in the field of emergency general surgery, um, from biliary disease to small bowel obstructions, um, that we just have the opportunity to sort of continue to build from and run trials, you know, pragmatic trials that can really understand the diversity of our patient po populations and the severity of disease um, to, I think, really understand how we can better make tools um, to help patients know what their treatment options are. Scott, I'll just, we would be remiss not to mention that you know, because of your phenomenal support and leadership, this same collaborative has been leveraged to um, uh, develop the COSMID trial, which is comparing colectomy versus best medical management for patients with quality of life limiting diverticulitis. There are so many great questions. Uh, we has, have historically built up research infrastructures uh, just to tear them down at the end of a five-year project. We're trying to do something different with this network. Uh, we've been building it over the last 10 years and want to make it last as long as we can by layering on important studies in the field of surgery. Uh, I'll add one last surprise, just how open-minded the surgical community has been and our patients have been to challenging conventional wisdom about these sacred cows and in surgery, like everybody with appendicitis needs an appendectomy. Well, Sarah, uh, Dr. Davis, and Dr. Flum, I was from being Pacific Northwest. I was really excited to see the results of the study, and I really appreciate you guys taking your time to come on the podcast today. Uh, I am looking forward to see what comes next of these collaborations. Been working at multiple hospitals that had ran the CODA trial. It's a great network you guys built. Thanks, John. Thanks, Scott. We really enjoyed being on the Behind the Knife, and and I've appreciated the opportunity to bring some of the members of the collaborative together. And look forward to talking to you about Cosmid and all the other great studies coming down the pike. Until next time, dominate the day. Mm -hmm.